Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. Our website's clark.com and clarkdeals.com. We've had massive unemployment in the United States, and although the picture has improved some, we still have extremely high unemployment with tens of millions of Americans either out of work or having incomes reduced. So one thing I want you to think about is every possible expense you have that you can reduce in your life memberships you pay subscriptions you're in um, things you buy on a monthly basis like technology that you can reduce those bills and I want you to think about looking through your checking account statement and your credit card or card statements and see what things you're paying for on a regular basis that maybe have just kind of slipped your mind. Think about that craze with all the gift boxes people were getting. Are you getting gift boxes? Are they really worth getting those gift boxes and spending the money? Maybe for you it is. And, you know, it's worth it getting the little treats showing up each month of whatever kind. But if they're not, cancel that thing. You know, these subscription services all bank on you by inertia continuing to pay when it's not in your life anymore. I'll give you an example of it. I saw an item about uh, gym memberships. How few people have actually been canceling gym memberships who've tried. I mean, there's a whole different story about people who've tried to cancel and haven't been able to, but that people who aren't going which a overwhelming percent of people that are gym members aren't going because they're worried about getting coronavirus in the gym it's one of the most dangerous of the environments you can be in so if you have a gym membership that's money you're paying every month that uh, unless you're in a long-term contract you should be canning that membership and that's just one example of the kind of things that just happen in our lives that we just don't get around to it. Right now, you need to get around to it because every dollar remaining in our pockets is precious. With a gym, if you're someone actually looking to join one right now, gyms need money really, really badly. Do not fall for any gym membership that offers you a long-term deal and return for you paying big money up front because a lot of gyms are filing bankruptcy and when they file bankruptcy that money you've paid up front is gone you just become a creditor of a failed enterprise 
And even if somebody eventually takes it over, your money probably doesn't stay in the organization. Your money's gone, as is your membership. So with anything that you have coming out of that checking account automatically every month or billing to a credit card every month, look at them, think about them, and make the effort required to cancel. Knowing that people who've got you on the hook for a monthly bill don't want to make it easy for you to cancel. So you're going to have to be persistent. But persistence pays because whose money is it? It's your money. And it's time for your questions that you posted for me at clark.com ask. Producers Kim and Joel alternating. And producer Kim, who do you have a question from? This is from Natalie in Maryland. Natalie says, my homeowner's insurance just got renewed and I was reviewing the renewal declaration and I started wondering, how can I tell if I am properly covered? Do you know how we could go about reading the declaration to ensure that we are adequately covered? So it's a really, really hard thing to make sure that you have the necessary coverages. So let me hit the large waterfront and see if I give you some help to make sure you have what you really want. The first thing that is ultimately important with a homeowner's insurance policy is that you have sufficient liability coverage, that you have enough that in the event that something happens at your property that you were held responsible for, that it will not end up destroying you financially. And that is top of my list. And, you know, it's funny because that comes before the part that most people care about, and that is having the money necessary in the event that you have a really bad loss at your house, that it's rebuilt. So let's deal with that. So... You want to know that your house is insured for enough dollar amount to rebuild the property. And I think about over the years how many complaints I've had from people when their homeowner's insurance policy hits renewal and they're upset because the insurer has on their own said, hey, we want you to have more coverage on your home. And people have been upset and offended by that. The reality is this is an area where people tend to be underinsured and in some cases grossly underinsured. So you want to know that, that you have sufficient amount to rebuild and know that rebuilding a house that's partially damaged is much more expensive per square foot than the cost that you would have paid to buy that house or that um, it would cost in the event that the house had to completely be rebuilt. So most often when you're calling on homeowner's insurance, it's a partial loss. So you really need to make sure you have a significant amount of coverage for it. If you don't know what it costs per square foot to buy a home in your area, then you want to check what current listings are that will typically show you the selling price for a home and how many square foot it is you divide it out and then you know really what you're supposed to have. 
Um, the area you may be referring to, and I don't know for sure about what you're talking about, is what's not covered. But as far as the elements that should be covered also is your possessions. In the event that your home is a total loss, you want to make sure you have the coverage necessary to replace the items in your house, and you want replacement value coverage from your insurer. Um, The other area that has come up again and again with renters is you want to make sure that your homeowner's policy is robust on you having coverage for temporary living quarters if your house has become unoccupiable. Um, As far as exclusions, earthquakes are excluded, flooding's excluded, um, there are different rules involved with damage from wind, depending on where you live in the country. So I hope that's a start for you in what you should be looking for. Joel? Clark Jeff in Illinois says, I heard you talk about bottled water, and I just wanted to say that all bottled water is not created equal. I'm a quality manager at a major bottler, and we bottle three different waters. And our process is, and this is going to get technical here, a double pass RO system plus carbon and one micron filtration before it's bottled. We're monitored monthly by the parent company for water quality, and I have to submit yearly samples to an outside lab of our water for the FDA. We have very strict guidelines to follow on water. If we don't meet those, I'm not able to bottle it. I don't know how other plants work. I can only speak to what I do, but I wanted you to know this. Well, first, I want to tell you I appreciate your pride in what you do. It's clear in the words you've written that you have great pride in the quality of work you do and the quality of product that is produced in the plant you work in. I want to point out something you said A sample goes to the FDA once a year from that plant. So you're really in a situation with water where it's self-regulated. As you said, uh, you have to meet the requirements that the parent company has for you. You know, with municipal water systems, it works completely differently. The water supply is checked multiple times per day for safety. So the thing is, With bottled water, you're depending on the individual organization, the private company doing the bottled water to do its own thing to make sure the water quality is good and the water quality is safe. And as you heard me refer to before, Whole Foods, Amazon, the parent company, was not doing what they needed to do and their private label water having a high level of arsenic, I mean exceedingly high level of arsenic. And so with bottled water, you hope you're getting something really safe. It's just not meeting the same level of safety, actually, that you have with municipal water supplies. Kim? Karen in Georgia says, my mom got laid off and is receiving unemployment. I would like her to apply for a credit card because she only has one, and I know you advise people to have two. But can she use her unemployment payments as income, or does she have to put zero on the credit card application? No, you're allowed to list any source of income you have, although the income that has the most credibility is what you're getting from a job. And I hope that she does find a good job again before too long. But if she has enough income for how the credit card company evaluates and they 
are willing to accept the other household income category as sufficient, taking into account her credit score, then even being on unemployment insurance, she may be able to get a new credit card. But that's a maybe. Joel? Clark Craig in Texas says, could you please explain what dollar cost averaging is again? I want to just slap 6000 bucks in my Roth all at once, but now you've got me scared to do it. You can do the 6000 all at once. The idea of dollar cost averaging, though, is that psychologically it's brutal for us if you took your $6,000, put it in, we suddenly have a big decline in the stock market, and what you see on your next statement is your 6000 in just a very short period of time became 3800 or whatever. The idea of dollar cost averaging is steady as you go with a, with a Roth IRA, since 6000 a year is what you can put in every month, like clockwork, put in $500 a month. And so then you are riding up and down with the market, but you're only putting in little bits of money each month. And psychologically, people are much more comfortable with that. And remember, in market declines, when you put money in in a month, your $500 is buying more shares during a decline. So you actually are benefiting in the short term from a decline by doing the dollar cost averaging. So that's why I'm a big fan of it as a way for you to invest. Uh, Not necessarily it, it will make you more money over the long term, but it keeps you in the game and you're not as likely to say this is too hot for me to handle. I'm not going to put in anything right now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Derek's with us on the Clark Howard Show, and Derek, you have been a superstar with how you've handled money. That is a true statement, isn't it? Wow, thank you. I appreciate that. So you carry no debt, is that right? Yeah. Wow. What kind of credit score do you have? Do you check it regularly? I do. Uh, It's like a 780. Excellent. Excellent. So um, how are you checking it? Are you checking on Credit Karma or do you get to see your credit standing on monthly credit card statements or? A mix of both, but it's usually Credit Karma. And always upper 700s. Correct. Wow. Well, I don't know how I can help you because it (laughs) sounds like you're fantastic with how you handle money. Tell me what your scoop uh, is. Uh, just, I think within the next year, I'd like to buy a house. And I know my credit score is good. Um, and I just didn't know since I've never had a car loan payment or student loans, if they just see, oh, he has, you know, four years of paying credit cards off, you know, every month. Uh, is that good enough to get, you know, a lower mortgage rate or should I, you know, take out a personal loan for a small amount to show that I can pay that type of loan back? 
All right. So what you're talking about is your credit mix, which is a relatively unimportant thing when you have a great payment history like you have and an excellent credit score. You're running uh, very low balances. I gather you run a balance on cards and then pay them off in full each month. That's your pattern? Yes. So with that being the story, there's no need for you to take out any other kind of loan, and especially there's a need for you not to if you're going to be buying a home. You want no applications for credit of any kind leading up to the months of you applying for a mortgage. And what a lender is looking for is a record of responsibility with credit, and you have that. So the mm-hmm. fact that you haven't had a car loan, haven't had a personal loan, haven't had a prior mortgage loan, that is not important. And there are okay. mortgage underwriters that whine about that, that, well, I don't see a variety of credit types. But to me, that's someone who's inexperienced as an underwriter of loans. And I think you're in perfect shape. And you said you have how many credit cards that you having your own name Uh, I think I have like three or four perfect you're good keep those ratios really low you're familiar with ratios how much of your available credit limit when you get close to applying for the mortgage never allow your ratio to go above 10% and if you do that you might break the 800 barrier with your credit score which would be great for you And good luck with that home purchase. Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, which is about your empowerment with knowledge so you can take more control of that wallet of yours. And that is what I'm about, is about serving you with information and guidance that can help you in your life. So the purpose of the show is simple, but doing it is not always that easy. And there are times that you feel that an answer I've given to someone in a question was lame or the advice I've given is wrong or the opinion I have is just out of sight. And so I want to hear from you. When you feel like I am coming up short at serving you, please go to Clark.com slash Clark Stinks and post my shortcomings. And then weekly... Producers Kim and Joel scroll through what you posted on Clark Stinks and share highlights with you here on the show. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. All righty, Clark Howard. I think everyone that we're going to read today has... Other people wrote in with the same issues, so they are representing a community with their Clark Stinks. And the first one is from Harmony. Harmony says, love the show, but for once I am disappointed. On a recent podcast, producer Joel read a question from a listener asking about satellite internet and whether there's a good alternative. Clark launched into an explanation of satellite television and then went on to extol the virtues of streaming services. I played back back the question to make sure I wasn't mistaken. And sure enough, the question, as Joel read it, was for satellite Internet. Nobody seemed to notice that Clark's response was not comprehensive. And 
I would really love to get an answer to the actual question because I live in a rural area. Thank you very much for your post. And uh, as you said, Kim, Harmony was just one of several people who noticed that I was a bad listener. I thought the question Joel had read to me was about satellite TV and about getting television service, but it was about the internet itself. And the reality is on satellite internet, the cavalry is riding in, but it's not over the hill yet. There are going to be a number of very good high-speed internet services that are going to be very affordable that are launching satellites right now. And we talked about one before that is a product of SpaceX that you can sign up for an invite for. And there was just a report from Elon Musk, the the boss of SpaceX, that they've had a huge number of signups for people who want to be early testers of their new at-home satellite-based internet. They are launching, it's called Starlink, they are building 240 satellites a month, I think now, a huge number. They can't launch that many per month, but they keep launching more and more of them, getting more and more areas covered. And by the end of this year, people who've signed up to be on the wait list should start having a chance to try that. There's also another one from Amazon, from Blue, well, Jeff Bezos, Blue Origin that is planning to launch a series of satellites for home internet. But there are other things as well that don't have to go to outer space. Verizon is launching in a small number of markets to figure out the bugs and then launch around the country a wireless home internet at $40 a month, unlimited data. The internet speeds will not be lightning fast, but certainly fast enough for most activities in the home, except high-speed gaming, will not work on the Verizon product. And T-Mobile home internet that is designed for rural America is $50 a month, unlimited data. And it's a great idea to go to both Verizon and T-Mobile and sign up to be on the waiting list for both of their home internet services. And I'm sorry that I was a bad listener on Joel's question. Now, Joel, it's your turn. All right, Clark. Jake has something to say. He says, Clark, if you need to know the age of callers to better answer their question, please stop prefacing your reply with, I hate to ask a lady this, before you ask them how old they are. Are you serious? What do you think is going to happen? Will that frail caller run from the building, tripping over her corset and high heels, (laughs) perhaps fainting from your unbridled audacity and presumptuousness? Come on, Clark. You sound positively like someone out of the 1800s. <laughs> I've been listening to you since you were only on the local airwaves for five hours a day, introducing weather and traffic during evening drive time. So I know you don't have a mean or insulting bone in your body. But how about this for a neutral question for every caller? Do you mind if I ask your age? It's short, sweet, simple. The corsets will thank you. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Uh, old habits die hard. I just grew up in an era where women never wanted anybody asking how old they were, and I don't think that's much of an issue anymore, and so I need to uh, move on from old ways of thinking, and if I do need to ask a man or a woman their age, just ask it short and sweet. You're right. Kim? 
All right, from Gary, he says, welcome to Medicare, Clark. No doubt you had a senior moment in your recent podcast with your ill-informed response explaining Medicare enrollment and options. You covered Medicare A, B, D, et cetera. And at the very end, almost as an afterthought, you gave a short intro into the, quote, controversial option of Medicare Advantage. Please disclose what makes Medicare Advantage controversial other than the fact that evidently it was not your personal choice. Certainly, simply having a different setup of advantages and disadvantages versus the Medigap option doesn't make it controversial. My wife and I are three years into having Medicare Advantage coverage. We are delighted with the money we are saving on our $0 premiums. I really appreciate that question because you're right. I did gloss over medicare advantage plans and the thing with medicare advantage many people love them just like you do the issue with medicare advantage plans is the limitations with it who you can go see um, other expenses that you're going to have that are part of the premiums of it a lot of times if you travel frequently around the united states you may find there's not good coverage for you as you travel around. So if you tend to stay in one area, you've been very happy with the Medicare Advantage plan, then absolutely you should stay in it. The thing is, traditional Medicare has far more freedom in it than you're going to have with an Advantage plan where you're not going to be limited in who you can see and where. Joel? Clark Russell says, so I've been a regular listener for years and absolutely love and appreciate what you and your team do on a daily basis for the benefit of all your listeners. But you dropped a major stink bomb last week, which has compelled me to contribute my first Clark Stinks entry. On Friday, you were discussing the Garmin breach and therefore emphasized your recommendation that we switch all our bank accounts from paper to online statements. I guess he was saying the opposite, that you were suggesting switching from online to paper. He says, I simply download PDF statements from banks, credit unions, credit card companies, all of the above. Those PDFs are saved in Dropbox or my iCloud account and further backed up locally. So why don't you recommend that? I'm surprised that you prefer the waste of paper, ink, postage, envelopes, and the labor associated with sending paper statements. Then storing them? Ugh, that's terrible. I guess you just bundle them all up with your paper tax returns from forever and waste space in your home. <laughs> Mine are on tiny little thumb drives. So I, I so admire your promotion of these comments and your ability to honest, uh, to be honest and forthcoming when you screw up, like this time. Well, I appreciate what you said. And what you're doing works just fine. And going paperless like you're doing and then creating double backup is great most people won't do that Uh, most people are not likely to set up a dropbox or equivalent account and also have local on-site storage you know hard drives cost like nothing now even ssds don't cost a lot external ssds so you could have a very simple method like you use where you do keep your own backups in the event that we faced an attack from the a data attack from the Russians or the Chinese or whoever who were trying to destroy banking and brokerage records and things. And so the lazy person's answer is what I've said, 
which is having the paper statements. But your answer is a lot less hassle, a lot less paperwork to file. And as long as somebody is conscientious about doing what you're doing with the double backups, your way is probably superior to mine with paper. Kim? Joshua says, in a recent episode, Clark, you smelt like some ancient moldy cheese. In response to a question regarding your favorite electric minivan, you stated the only electric PHEV minivan is the Toyota Sienna. The Chrysler Pacifica Clark, which is now the name of the minivan, has had a PHEV for a few years now. You need to make sure that everyone is aware of this vehicle, which is a sister vehicle to the Dodge Caravan. And I stand corrected. I knew that. And I just had a, uh, the tape in my brain just wasn't flipping the right way. And you are right. In fact, the Toyota followed by many years the Pacifica plug-in hybrid. So the Pacifica was first and Toyota was the Johnny come lately. Joel? Clark John says, on the July 22nd show, you stated that Costco does not have a method to redeem the paper award checks without going into the store. I actually called Costco just last week about this, and they informed me that I could send the paper check into uh, the below address and would receive a Costco shop card back in the mail, which I could then use online. Be sure to include your name and member number when you send it in. They did admit it will take four to six weeks, but at least there's an option. So not so stinky this time, but I wanted your listeners to be able to learn from what I was able to recently do. That's fantastic because there's nothing in the documentation you get when you get your reward check from Costco that says you can do that. So I'm really glad that Costco has come up with an accommodation for people that are living in quarantine. Kim? This is from a message board user that goes by Krusty007. And Krusty007 says, instead of saying that you stink, I would like to ask for a clarification. A caller asked about refinancing a rental property that he's owned for six years, and you straight out told him that he should not refi for another 30 year because it will add an additional six years of debt. If the caller is not comfortable with refinancing to a 15 year, why not suggest that the caller continue to make the same mortgage payment after refinancing to the 30 year? And then he should be able to pay it off technically in under 24 years. I've refinanced to a 30-year mortgage four times, and each time I keep my monthly payments the same. That is a a system that has worked for you. Most people may intend to do what you're doing, but don't quite get it done. May I suggest the alternative of a refi for someone who's six years into a loan, that they go into a 20-year loan, and then the payments will automatically work for them to get out of debt four years sooner at a lower interest rate than they're in right now. I appreciate all your posts. Please, when you feel like I've missed the mark, go to clark.com slash clarkstinks and let me know. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget. 
giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Orlando is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Orlando. How are you doing? Hello, Mr. Howard. How are you doing? Great. Please call me Clark. Okay, you got it, Mr. Clark. If I can just read you this little frequent asked questions, what's going on with the place I work. Okay. If I can just do that so you have an understanding where I'm coming from. It sure. Says, this is about our pension plan. How will it be affected? We're actually going to be selling. It's a county-owned hospital. And a private hospital is going to be owning it. But here's what it says. Everything earned in your pension is guaranteed and will be there for you. Because the pension can only be controlled by a government agency, the fund will be transferred to the county if the sale is finalized. At that point, the pension plan will be frozen. I can't name the name, but won't be able to contribute to it anymore. And if if you would have the option of taking the lump sum payment and rolling into a qualified plan or IRA or taking the cash distribution and paying the applicable taxes or letting it stay there until you're ready to draw the retirement benefits at the age of 55 to 65 years old. I don't know what to do with this. Almost always, uh, there can be exceptions, but almost 100% of the time, Orlando, of the options you named, the best is for you to let it become a pension for you later in life, even though it's going to be frozen. What a frozen pension benefit means, if they didn't explain it, is that even though they've contributed over the years and you've now earned whatever level of pension benefit it is to this point, no additional money will be contributed to it. And the amount of money it will be worth to you is basically going to be set in stone from the point that the facility is sold to the private owner. So would it be drawn interest at that point? So what happens is they will tell you that uh, the they tell you how much they pay you today for it, the lump sum. And they right. they told you that amount? They told us last year of today's value, you know, before they used to do it, the projected value at 30 years or when I'm 65, and it looked pretty good. So generally, because you're not going to be able to remain employed under this plan from this point forward, you can remain an employee of the new owner, but the plan won't continue to grow. The projections they gave you last year before the contemplated sale, those no longer apply. But what they can provide you is how much money you would get today as a lump sum that could go into your own IRA or whatever or cash out, which you definitely don't want to do, or how much they would pay you at age 65 per month. So they haven't told you what it would be per month at age 65? Not yet. Not yet. Normally, Normally, most of us do best waiting to receive that money, even when it's frozen, to receive it at the age that we bag work. And I think you said yours, you could start taking a reduced amount at age 55. What I'm saying to you is general advice without having your actual numbers, but most people benefit 
from receiving the money as a monthly pension benefit. And the reason is we're not generally able as an individual to generate as much money as a pension plan is able to with the investing they do that what they can generate for you every month for the rest of your life usually will be more than you would be able to do. So if it were me, unless the numbers they later present you are terrible, I would wait and take it as a monthly pension. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.